babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He's my work wife, James Hardigan. Happy National Blueberry Popsicle Day, Joe. Yes, that is something I could probably participate in. And I bet you can guess which country in the world has National Blueberry Popsicle Day. America? Bingo. Yeah. By the way, there's no such thing as a blueberry popsicle. What they're talking about is like blue popsicle day. There's no real blue. Anyway, it's very American to eat blue food. Uh, we are now on episode two from deep in the W Coop trenches coming up on today's show. Howard Swaint, he's back to help us get an overview of what's going on with W Coop so far. We're going to talk to poker's most recent chain migration attempt in the form of the newlyweds that are Spraggy and Marley. Yay! I've got an update on some really cool card counter news for me and the people of Pennsylvania, at least. And this week's super fan is Neil McLaughlin, and he is doing Sin City, which I did not rewatch. Sorry. Which brings me to the postscript to last week's Superfan segment. Ooh. I did seek out Jarhead. It was on Netflix, so I rewatched it. And oh. I'm really glad I did because I still think the film's a little bit derivative and owes so much to Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket. But you're right, Joe. It has stood the test of time quite well. And I think it's a better watch in 2021 than it was back in 2005. But it sent me on a bit of a rabbit hole. So I watched that and I was thinking, do you know what? Jake Gyllenhaal's really good in this movie. What else did Jake Gyllenhaal do around the mid-2000s? I know, Zodiac, a film I haven't seen since oh. it came out. So I rewatched the director's cut of Zodiac oh. on Blu-ray and was like, this film is so good. How the hell was it not nominated for Best Picture that year? It's a disgrace that it wasn't in the conversation. And then I thought, do you know what? David Fincher is a really good filmmaker. And when he does real crime like this, it's superb. I know I haven't seen season two of Mindhunter. So oh. I started watching that on Netflix. I'm five episodes in and oh my God, this show is is too under the radar. It is too good, and it is too sad that David Finch has got other projects he's working on now to not make more seasons of this. Zodiac is an all-time great, like, top 100 film for me, uh, for sure. Maybe, I mean, certainly higher than that, but I can easily put it in there. And Mindhunter, I don't know if you remember, but season two of Mindhunter, I literally stayed up all night. I can believe it. Watching that, because... It was like three in the morning and I was like, I couldn't really sleep. And I was like, I'll just watch one more episode and get tired. And I end up watching the last three episodes. And all of a sudden it's six o'clock in the morning and it's time to get up again. Um, really disappointed that show will not be back. Um, quick thank you to all of you for your feedback and suggestions on our Discord channels. Uh, we will talk behind the scenes stuff and provide some poker rulings in future weeks once WCOOP is over. Uh, I figured we'd give one shout out this week, Joe, if you like, it's listener of the week. Uh, Jojo1122 got in touch after we recorded last week's show to say, hey, hey, I'm Joe. I'm from the UK. Long time listener, first time caller. Hope I'll get a shout out, even though I'm a bit late to the party. I've been playing poker for about eight years thanks to the EPT coverage they put on Channel 4 back in the day. Been listening to the podcast for many years. Can't wait to hear some more in the future. Much appreciation. Keep up the good work. Great hearing from you, Jojo. Appreciate it. Um, let's see. I have my first stand-up show since February 2020. Wow. Uh, last Friday night, I was pretty nervous about it. Been um, 
uh, for maybe like the last eight weeks or so, I've been preparing uh, only once a week doing open mics. and They were going relatively well. And I kind of got a little cocky and I did like four or five good open mics in a row, weekly ones. And then in L.A., they have these basically these rehearsal spaces that it's just like a little closet and comics sign up. It's five dollars and it's an uh, you're in there for an hour and you get five minutes and it's just all day, every day, every hour on the hour, open mic, open mic, open mic. And I was like, you know what? The day before my show, I'm going to just do two of these. It's a 10 minute set. So I'm just going to do two of these back to back and just polish up my uh, my set for Friday night. Well, let me tell you, James, it was maybe the worst bombing I have ever experienced um, was sitting in this room the day before. I was like, I'm just going to I'm just going to put some finishing touches on things. And I left that open mic considering quitting comedy Um, and. This is what happens when you bomb. Now, logically, I know things happen. This wasn't the best thing. And basically, you know, this is a little broom closet where the only other people in the room with me are the five other comics who have also signed up. Um, And so I took this with a grain of salt and just sort of used it as a as a sort of, I don't know, wake up call, whatever. Just like, okay, I got that out of my system. Went and did the show the next night. Went incredibly well. Went so well that what happens is usually when you do a 10-minute set at nine minutes, they shine a light in your face. So they let you know that you have a minute left. They never lit me because I was killing and I was doing really well and they didn't care if I got off stage or not. <clears throat> I'd planned my set so well, I still got off at 10 minutes and four seconds. But not here to brag, just here to say it was a big relief. Very happy that I took care of that, that that's out of the way and I've got more shows coming up. I'll be telling you guys about soon. Um, I, James, you teased at the end of the broadcast yesterday that I have a, uh, a busy, tiresome weekend coming up. Yeah. I think it's unfortunate timing, right? That at exactly the same point that PokerStars is running its biggest online series of the year, the movie you've been working on for the better part of two years now is being yeah. released in America, and obviously there's a lot going on around the release of the movie, a lot of publicity going on around the release of the movie, and understandably, you want to be a part of that. Correct, yes. So, as soon as we... Sorry, I'm, I'm even... I'm so busy. I got so much stuff coming up that I am I'm actually, like, confused what's happening when. This weekend, I can't actually say what it is because it's a secret, but I am flying somewhere for card counter-related business. I got a stand-up show Friday night... I have a 5 a.m. flight Saturday morning. Oh, brutal. And a 6 a.m. flight back Monday morning to get back in time to do the 10K that we're covering. Okay. All I want to say is that we have got Nick Walsh on board for that broadcast on Monday. And Nick does sterling work. So don't panic. Don't rush. We'll be fine. I won't be there. I'm not going to try to get there for the start of the broadcast. It may be the first time ever you may have to kick things off with me, no, but that's, I'm not going to rush the plan. for that. The plan is yeah. that for the first few levels, I'm going to do the whole thing with Nick and, and our other guest commentators. But I'm saying, even if you can't make it at all, even if you're only there for the last hour or a couple of hours, don't sweat it because your schedule sounds brutal. And I imagine you're going to have quite a busy weekend. Yeah. So that's I'll be able to talk about what that is on next week's podcast. What I can talk about now is that something really cool has happened. If you're a PokerStars Pennsylvania player, apparently there's been a promotion running on the site that you can go see a screening 
of the card counter in Philadelphia uh, the day before of release of the card counter. And guess what? Joe Stapleton's going to be there. They couldn't get Oscar Isaac. They couldn't get (laughs) Tiffany Haddish. They couldn't get Paul Schrader. But they got the guy responsible for telling them what to do in five or six minutes worth of this movie. Joe Stapleton is going to be there. I'm actually very excited about that. I don't think people will be too disappointed since they're poker fans already at at the prospect. And, James, they've had such great response to the promotion that they're actually – they added a second theater. That's really Uh, cool. And I believe yeah. the plan is there might be a bit of a Q&A. At the very least, I guess you'll be able to tell some behind-the-scenes stories. And I think that, to me, that's the reason to go to the screening. It's not the fact that it's a day before the film comes out. What difference does 24 hours make? But the fact that someone involved in the production, and someone who I imagine a lot of the people going to that screening will know anyway, if they're PokerStars players, that they will get to meet you and ask you questions. I am going to offer you a serious word of advice, Joe, and... I don't want to sound patronizing, but bear in mind that you've got this trip coming up this weekend. You're doing these stand-up shows. You've then got this trip to Philly next week. I think you're going to be doing next week's podcast from Philadelphia, right? Before Correct. you go to the screening. Um, yeah. Just, just be careful. And what I mean is just avoid the handshaking, the selfies. Try and wear a mask where possible. I know you're double vaccinated. I know that means you're highly unlikely to end up in hospital, but... When we're streaming WCOOP, when we're recording podcasts, you don't want to get even a little bit poorly. No, I think that's wise. And I actually probably wouldn't have thought of that because I am such a people person and I would have been hugging with people and probably sharing drinks at the movie theater (laughs) if you hadn't said something. So, yeah. So if anybody uh, who's listening this ends up coming, I think what my plan is going to be to fist bumps. And um, and if we do photos, I don't want to deny people photos if they want them. You know, who, who am I to assume people will want them? If they want them, hopefully there's like some kind of movie poster or something. We can put the poster in between us and people can still get their photos. But yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not afraid of becoming deathly ill, but I don't want to become, I just don't want to be ill. No, uh, of course. I have so much going on because that, that Philly trip, I get back on a Friday, right? We finish the broadcast on a Wednesday. Yep. I fly to Philly that night do the do the philly screenings friday i come back and i've got an la screening of the card counter and then saturday i'm in a comedy festival uh a two-hour drive away from home like a competition so you know and then we have w coop the final week of w coop the following monday so no time in the words of james bond no time to get sick is that the movie? Is that the new one coming out? I feel like it's something like that. It's worse than getting sick, but you're along the right lines. <laughs> um, okay, well, we'll talk more about the card counter in future weeks and future episodes. Right now, it is time to introduce this week's special guests. They are a couple of poker players who've been a poker power couple for a couple of years now. And just before WCOOP, they got married in Vegas. Joe, I'm thrilled to say we outbid Hello Magazine to get the exclusive on the <laughs> poker wedding of the century of the year. They're now officially Mr. and Mrs. Sprague. You know them best as Spraggy and Marley. Guys, congratulations. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I have to start off with this and we have to get this out of the way. I genuinely thought Spraggy's tweet was a joke because I refuse to believe that anyone would get married looking like that. Molly, obviously not talking about you. I'm talking about your mess of a husband. Yeah, we didn't really have time to get him a haircut. Things were a bit hectic here in Vegas, so we had to just go with it. (laughs) Uh, It's not just the mop top, Spraggy. You were wearing a tracksuit, dude. 
<laughs> yeah, well, it, you know, it was, it was smart casual. I had mm. jeans on. Um, <laughs> so, you know, smart bottoms and ca- casual at the top, James. Um, yeah. We didn't really, we did, we didn't really want a big affair. But disappointingly, someone on Twitter pointed out they said that my jeans were dirty as well. So, I mean, <laughs> that's so unlike Twitter to take a very special <laughs> moment of yours and point out the one thing that they thought would make their comment seem unique. That's so weird. Yeah, that it, it was very out of character, Joe. But um, yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently, I didn't turn up as my best self. But um, you know, it was my big day. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's how I wanted to do it. So that, that's how it went down. Benjamin, you went out for dinner with me and Joe in Barcelona and you put on a collared shirt. You get married to the love of your life and that's how you present yourself. <laughs> that, that's true, actually. But that's only because I didn't get thrown out. I didn't want to get thrown out in Barcelona. I think <laughs> based on what I could tell from the chapel in Vegas, like they didn't, have, they didn't really have a throwing out policy. Oh, I thought <laughs> it was more like if you got thrown out, you'll have been like, well, we tried. We, we, we gave it a shot. Sorry. <laughs> it turns out they weren't. Hey, look, a tracksuit is still a suit. Uh, Marley, <laughs> question for you. Uh, yes. Had it not been a, a weird time in the world, um, I'm not going to ask you whether or not you guys would have gotten married so quickly, but I w- what I will ask you is, would it have been a Vegas wedding or would you have had designs on another type of wedding? Well, we still are planning on doing some sort of like a quote unquote real wedding probably next year. Um, nothing too crazy, but probably because our parents and everything, you know, kind of want to be there and stuff. So, yeah, but because of the state of the world, like we just decided it was easier to do a yeah. Vegas chapel. Thing. And I, I realized we had Spraggy on uh, shortly after your engagement. I think it was a real quick hit for some reason. I never even asked what what was the proposal story. Oh, it was so great. So we were in Dublin, um, staying there for three months, and this was back in uh, October, November, and uh, the height of lockdown. So we were in full lockdown, and of course, the lovely uh, Fenton Han and Hannah. Uh, Witter uh, were there and helped Spraggy out preparing it because obviously it was tough to, there's nowhere to take me. Like it was locked down and we, you know, we were just in some, some Airbnb. So that's not really that romantic, but um, so yeah, he found this like really cute park um, in Dublin and Hannah helped him get like a little ring. Um, and they're so sweet. They parked like a car right by the park for us with like champagne and a picnic it, and everything. Uh, sorry to interrupt. It sounds like they've done great with the, the I did <laughs> a lot of the work on this. I We're talking to say, oh, Finn did this and Hannah did this, right? And I will point out, it was supposed to be locked down. It wasn't locked down on the day I went to the park to propose because Finton <laughs> told me it would be, go to this park, it'll be, there'll be no one there. It'll be the quiet, you know, it'll be super quiet. I go there and it's like family sports day for like 10 different <laughs> sports. And it's like a thousand Irish people in there. Anyway, Molly, continue. Get to the bit where I started crying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so we just went to the park and it was actually our one year anniversary. So he was like, let's go out. Let's do something. I'm like, what are we going to do? Everything's closed. Like, fuck it. Like, let's just play poker or whatever. And um, he really had to drag me out of the house because I did not want to leave. I was like, what do you mean? Like, just go to the park. Of course, it was raining. It was Dublin. Um, drizzling 
And so we went, yeah, and it was just really sweet and he posed by this big tree and he was like shaking. And I thought he was joking at first. Like he said, he started getting on one knee and I was like, come on, like, stop. And he was like, <laughs> and I saw that he was like, like shaking. I was like, cause he never gets emotional about anything. I mean, you know, nervous. Um, and yeah, it was just really sweet. And then we went home and it, it was raining. So we took the picnic to go and we ate it at home and then we played poker. <laughs> And we played a session. Perfect. Yeah. It makes sense considering I heard he proposed with a WSOP circuit ring from Tunica. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I knew big. you had that side to you, Spraggy, though, because despite the cynical, tough exterior, the fact that you have that sentimental weakness for cats, we knew that deep down you're a romantic at heart. There's a soft side in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at Olaf now, who's viciously attacked me this morning because I haven't had time to feed him yet. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah. The funny thing is, I remember Prague 2017. That was the first time Finton introduced us to Hannah, and there was this perfect couple, and there was Spraggy, who we kind of said destined to be single, well into his forties. And now we fast forward to 2021. They're still not married, and you are. So you must be lording over them right now. Well, they're kind of not married on a, a pandemic technicality, right? Because unfortunately, they've True. had their wedding postponed a couple of times. And Marley and I are kind of the opposite in that we we are married on a pandemic technicality. In that, uh, you know, like Joe said, maybe if the world wasn't the way it was, then we wouldn't have been married by a, a man who was half dressed as Elvis uh, in Las Vegas. But. Um, <laughs> Here we are. Was that it was, top bottom or left right? Well, well, well what it was, <laughs> what it is, is because they do the Elvis that you could pay an extra for an Elvis package, right? We paid seventy dollars for a quick and ready or whatever it's called. Like you just go in and they give you a service, cheap. and you're you're right, cheap and cheerful. But the guy who did that, I think, also does the Elvis package. So he was in his hair and makeup is Elvis, but because we hadn't ordered that package, he was in civilian clothing. <laughs> I have to say, I, there's a little bit of a bonus. You didn't pay for the Elvis, but you kind of got a little bit of Elvis extra for your money. We we didn't get his musical performance, but yeah, we got a little flavor of it. And uh, I'm glad Marley brought up the emotionality of the proposal. Neither of you are, are the most emotional, soft people I've ever met. Uh, was it emotional on your wedding day? I was crying, yeah. It was funny because the proposal, he cried the whole time, and I did I didn't cry. And then the uh, wedding day, I woke up and like the whole morning and then the drive over and then the whole ceremony, I was just not like angry cry, like, but like, you know, just yeah. like, well, hopefully uh, not angry, yeah. angry, angry <laughs> crying. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing ugly. this. I think hopefully ugly crying is what you is even. So you guys end up having this spontaneous Vegas wedding. Like literally hours later, Spraggy's flying back home to play WCOOP. You're separated right now by the Atlantic Ocean and most of the continent of North America. What is the long-term plan? Marley, I can't believe for one second you want to live in rural England. Yeah, I guess I better judgment. I guess I'm, I'm going to have to, I think. <laughs> uh, there it is, James. I'm going to have to. What's, <laughs> what, what stirring words to start the rest, first day of the rest of your life? Um, no, Mali is eventually moving here. Um, but as with all things, there is a, uh, you know, we've got to get things in place to do that. And it takes forever because yeah. one, it takes forever anyway. And two, uh, every time we've tried to do it before, they're just like, don't bother because pandemic and 
backlogs and but yeah we will be together soon enough my love that was to well, marley I, not to james oh i i know that marley isn't like the most vocal feminist in the world but i'm wondering if she's going to become one when faced with taking the last name sprague <laughs> yeah um i'm taking it i i'm going old-fashioned I'm going old school. So. It's, it's very great, good. It's a great in name. general to do whatever you like, obviously. Uh, and, <laughs> and sorry, this has nothing to do with your marriage at all. But I've been this is my most burning question for a very long time. Why did you guys turn off Patriot and what is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, oh I, see. Well, here's the thing, Joe. <laughs> What's Patriot? Remember that? <laughs> exactly. That show that Joe recommended that was like really weird and artsy kind of. Oh. With, you remember? And the guy, yeah. I don't even remember the main plot of it, to be honest, Joe. I, I just, we watched so much TV during lockdown because that's, Marley was here for six months. We just like watched TV like everybody else, I guess. And Joe's a TV guy. And Joe's recommended stuff to me before, which I've enjoyed. And all you've banged on about is Patriot. And I watched, well, we watched like four or five episodes and I just, I, we, I couldn't get on with it. I um, am about to watch Patriot for the third time. I'm, guys, so. I'm going I'm to give you a pass on this because you're newlyweds and because I am also a romantic at heart. But I have concluded that when it comes to pop culture, Finton possibly exercises better judgment than you. Ooh. <laughs> I, we, I'm saying I, a lot. I think we can concede. I mean, Marley, also during lockdown, um, I thought my Amazon account had been hacked because Marley bought a new season of private practice every week, which was a, <laughs> which was a spinoff of um, Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. And it was seven, it was seven seasons deep and she watched the whole thing during lockdown and Joe. So if that makes you feel any better about her and my lack of taste, uh, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Look, I can't argue with Shondaland. Shondaland is Shondaland. There's a reason why she's the most powerful woman in all of television. I mean, she's she's a hit maker. She well, is, yeah. That's it's like a soap opera. I love it. I love it so much. I know, Joe, that you have a wedding present for the Sprags by virtue of one of your hilariously entertaining games. Well, first of all, their wedding present is is each other, because you know. I've been reluctant to take credit for this partnership, um, but uh, at least for, for now, I'm going to. So you're welcome, guys. Thank you, Joe. Um, I, I actually knew that the wedding was was not a joke because Spraggy, as easily as I could have been there in four hours, he did at least text me ahead of time and say, hey, this is happening right now. And I was amongst some of the first people to know before Twitter. And I appreciate that. And I'm very happy and proud of you guys. I and love I that. I wish you. I love that. I could have been there. He told me they were getting married, and I just went, eh, whatever. No, 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 no. no, no. Nice he told me, <laughs> no, he told me when it was too late. I was like, you know, I would have come. And he was like, yeah, I know, but you weren't invited. Okay, here we go. Uh, your special game today, guys. Alternating questions. It's the chain migration game. All I've done is grab questions from each of your respective countries' immigration tests to quiz you for when you eventually attempt to become a citizen of your partner's country. Simple enough, right? You guys understand. You understand how the game is played. All right, Marley. First okay. question for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start you off with an, with an easy one. 
The first one was actually kind of tough. All right, here we go. Which country? Actually, this one is tough. I'm just going in order, so I don't screw it up. Which countries does Great Britain refer to? Is it England, Scotland, and Wales? England and Scotland? Just England? Or England, Scotland, and Northern Ireland? Just England? Just England is incorrect. There was a bit Patton's of a giveaway in the priceless. plural countries. Countries. <laughs> uh, England, Uh-oh. Scotland, and Wales are the are the countries of Great Britain. For now. Oh, I thought... Oh. Oh, but wait, that's different than the UK. The United Kingdom is Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Oh. <laughs> it is not For easy. Now. I told you that was not easy. Oh, that's on my test? Good. I need to know this. This is good. Yeah, this no, is that good question crap. is literally, these questions are literally off the citizenship test of each country. Uh, Spraggy, your question about the US of A. What do the stars on the US flag represent? Uh, the US. Is it? Oh. Oh. Do you Go want on, the do choice? Do the options. The, Own the, it. The, the states. The, the states. The, the 50 US states are yes, correct. Sir. Um, Marley, back to you. We're short on time or I'd read all the funny answers I wrote. Back to you, Marley. Question two for you. Who built the Tower of London? Was oh, it God. Queen oh, okay. Elizabeth II? You know, by the way, England has about 4,000 more years of history than the United States does, so there's a lot more to quiz you on. <laughs> Who built the Tower of London? Queen Elizabeth II, Winston Churchill, William the Conqueror, or Oliver Cromwell? Oliver Cromwell? Oliver Cromwell is the most logical answer, I'd say, considering William the Conqueror sounds like something that was made up, but it wasn't. It is real, and he <laughs> is the, the builder. I'm sure he had some help, though, so technically a trick question. I think he commissioned it. I refuse yeah. to believe that William the Conqueror, having conquered Britain, decided, do you know what? I'm going to build a tower myself. I think that... I mean, I just t- I just took the word the questions verbatim. Just like this next one, actually, similar question for Spraggy. Spraggy, who wrote the Declaration of Independence? Was it George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Hancock, or Herbie Hancock? I was in my head. I had George Washington, but maybe Jefferson was there. I'm going Washington. I'm going Washington. I'm going Washington. Washington was not the author of the Declaration of Independence. Thomas Jefferson being its main author, although many people did participate in its writing. I'm not sure Washington was amongst them, though. Uh, next question up for... Uh, so, so we're one, one and one each, right? One correct, yes, one sir. wrong for each of you? Uh, yeah. I don't think Marley's got a question right yet. Sorry to... Oh, no, actually, oh, yeah, she's, she's got two out. definitely wrong, and I'm winning. Carry on, Joe. Marley, which of the following is a British overseas territory? Is it Malta, the Falkland Islands, Solomon Islands, or Australia? Come on, get this one. You know what? You should be able to... Huh? You should be able to phone a Katie Hopkins if you want to add a, answer a British citizenship I will test. not not have that name <laughs> mentioned on this podcast. I will have that edited out. Oh, wait. Is it, it is Australia? Not, it is not Malta or Australia. You want to keep going? 
Is it? You're almost. I was gonna say that. What was the second one? The Falkland. The Islands. Falkland Islands. Is that it? Yes, that is, is that it. How a quiz works? <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Quizmaster. Is this one correct? No. Is is it this one? No. Is it this one? Yes. No points, Joe. No points. To, to be fair, Question. to be fair, Spraggy, it's his quiz. It's kind of his rules. True, true, true. I'm a guest. I'm so bad I, at history. I'm so bad at history. Well, it's also the present, but whatever. Uh, Spraggy, your next question. <laughs> Name one U.S. territory of the following. Aruba, Turks and Caicos, Guam, the British Virgin Islands. I want to say Guam. I Guam say is Guam. correct. Guam is oh. correct. Well done, Spraggy. Stop showing Gosh. off. F final round. Oh, no, no, sorry. This, Name one American Indian tribe in the United States, Spraggy, amongst the Shumi, the Shawnee, the Lacroix, or the Perrier. Two of those drinks. What? <laughs> I know that because I've just been in the United States, Joey. This is shameless answers. I will take the second one. Shawnee is correct. Oh. <laughs> it is the only American tribe. Marley, if someone says rain stopped play, this is really off the British citizenship test. If someone says rain stopped play, to what sport are they referring? Is it cricket, rugby, soccer, or football? I think they play in the rain in football and rugby. Maybe cricket? Cricket is correct! Boom. Marley! Boom. Marley, you're on the board with possibly the most important citizenship question that's ever been asked. Well done. As long as you get that one, you're probably fine. Spraggy, your final question. Where is the Statue of Liberty located? Is it located on Liberty Island, Amity Island, Ellis Island, or Jeffrey Epstein's Island? Stop! <laughs> um... I went to New York, I went to visit it. I feel like it's Liberty Island of Red Herring. I feel like the fourth one is definitely not correct. <laughs> Ellis Island uh, is in Las Vegas and I just went to their tiki bar, pop-up tiki bar at Ellis Island. Ellis Island is most definitely in New York as well. Right, but it's, it's a casino as I well. see. It's, it's, there's a crossover there. But Ellis Island was, is that where like they had the immigration center where immigrants yes. came in on Ellis Island? Correct, correct. I want to say Liberty Island. I'm just saying Liberty Island. It's called the Statue of Liberty. It, it Liberty really Island. is that easy. It really is that easy. Liberty Island is correct. Well done, Spraggy. Marley, your final question. Which of the following is a famous Stone Age site in the UK? Is it Stonehenge, the Globe Theatre, Windsor Castle, or Reginald's Caverns? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, at least we've eliminated one of the options. <laughs> Wait, what? Why I'm not sure laughing? we have, honestly. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing at Reginald's caverns? What was the first one? Stonehenge. I don't know. Uh. Globe Theater. <laughs> the answer as to which is the following 
uh, is a famous Stone Age site. Unfortunately, we were looking for Stonehenge. That's what I said, but I was like, it's too obvious. <laughs> it's because it's, just, it's the same so thing with the Statue of Liberty being on Lewis This is what it is. It's a lack of trust of Joe. You've, you know, if you so distrust within the group, then people They're aren't going to go for the obvious answer. His questions, they're taken from the actual tests. But the answers have been infiltrated. They've been infiltrated the by Joe's brain. The answers have been infiltrated by the, un- by the, uh, by the untrustworthy Joe's table. Like, um, you guys, I fucking love you both so much. Look, I can't wait till we get to hang out again. Thank you for doing the show. The quiz was Thank the you. quiz was just for fun, guys. But before you go, I do have a serious question because we are about to segue into our World Championship of Online Poker update. Uh, so to help with the transition, Spraggy, how's WCoop going for you? Um, some good, some bad. I, it, I mean, I've, what are we? First week, second Sunday coming up for me. Um, sorry, there was a Sunday. I missed the Sunday. The, my first Sunday didn't go great. I was fortunate enough to be able to play the 25k. I pretty much got knocked out by Lex Wildhouse. I had a 16th place finish in the 5k. I was pretty happy with, but uh, I had a decent run in the 1k to like 13th. But it's it's like near misses at the moment. Um, we've still got a couple of weeks left. Uh, I'm still. Feeling good, feeling fresh. So hopefully I'll be either seeing you on a final table or some sort of cards up coverage uh, in a deep run soon enough. Well, that answer was far longer and far more detailed than I expected or wanted. But thank you to both Ben and Marley. The Sprags, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank you, James. Joe. WCOOP 2021, pretty much at the halfway point. We've streamed six events, including the Super High Roller. Uh, we've still got six days of live coverage to go, including the No Limit Hold'em and PLO main events. That's why you need to stay in good health, Joe. The big ones are still to come. Uh, question, will we see any more straight flushes before the end of the series? Any more street flash poker on stream? I, what is our average in general? I feel like... We've hit our one yeah, for this particular series. That's that's our one for a lifetime, quite, quite frankly, let alone for this series or for this year. Uh, for the latest numbers on WCOOP, do check out the stat tracker on the Pokestars blog, who are providing daily updates throughout the series. Right now, we are going to talk to the man who writes those updates for the blog. He's got the looks. He's got the brains. He's Howard Swayze. Howard is, of course, our WCOOP correspondent. And how are you holding up, Howard? What is it, 10, 11 days into the series? <laughs> yeah, doing okay, doing okay. It's uh, it's not just me, thankfully, that's writing the reports this time. But uh, I always check in, even on the days when I'm not working. So it's uh, uh, I do try try to keep abreast of what's going on. But I'm doing okay. Do you okay. have Thanks minions? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't say they're my minions, but there are other people that also uh, watch what's going on, yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Howard, because I notice that your Pokestars blog colleague, Jack Stanton, who I believe has also been writing the daily updates for the blog, had a near miss, had a fourth place finish in a $55 event. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, good for him. He, came, he got seven grand as well. So, yeah, he did email me, actually, to let me know that if I was short of stories that uh, I could write about him. But, uh, you know, I wasn't that short of stories, so no, I, I didn't no. I didn't do it. I, I don't like to uh, you know, blow someone else's trumpet like that. No, but congratulations, Jack. He's actually good. He, he honed his skills in the uh, in the hotel room games on the EPT. <laughs> well, look, the hotel room and, and the media and the media events. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure he's ever won one of the media events, actually. I've won two media events, I think. So uh, 
I, I've, I've done better than him in those, but uh, he's definitely a much, much better player than I am. Well, ultimately, journalists writing about other journalists just feels a little bit snake-eating its tail. And also, we focus on winners here, Howard, not fourth-place finishers. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. On Wednesday, we were streaming the 5K. We saw Elliot Peterman take that one down. Who were the other big winners that night? Well, we had, uh, like, so you, we've been talking about this guy, Camelance Field G. Uh, we didn't know very much about him. He was just min-cashing everything, and he was, like, pushing Patrick Leonard really really hard in the player of the series race. And then he went, and, and I honestly thought he was going to drop out of contention because he yeah, these min-cashers, they can't really keep it going. And yeah. then he went and won an event. So he oh, won wow. the 1K Badoogie last night, cool. which gives him a cool 100 player of the series leaderboard points. It wow. put him level with Patrick Leonard. Uh, so he's obviously like, a, he certainly proved me wrong. We're actually sort of like put a few feelers out and we're going to try and find out a little bit more about him. Uh, actually, I don't even know if it's a he, to be honest. So we're, yeah. we're uh, uh, they, I should say. So yeah, at least 36 caches so far. And then, and then this player won, won a tournament last night. So uh, good for them. Um, yeah, and then we had uh, our third, second champion of the of the series, uh, Bel Bellamino de Souza. He plays as Paga Pagal Velino uh, online, Brazilian guy. So that's our third double champion. That's actually not that many, really. By by this stage, we normally have a few more than that. But uh, so there we go. That's our. Uh, they're, they're the two sort of like main sort of standout winners, in addition to the uh, the five k that you're watching. Logic dictates, based on what you just said there, that the Brazil trophy drought, which lasted a whole 48 <laughs> hours, is over. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it was pretty crazy that it lasted that long, actually, because they'd won at least one every day, and there were days when they'd won six. Uh, so, yeah, but they went two days without an, uh, a win, and then they won two uh, yesterday. So both in, actually in the same event. They won the, uh, the, me the medium and the low of the same event i think i'm right in saying that so yeah uh, they're now back up to 20 what is it 23 titles uh and 13 of russia and the uk are behind them so still 10 title gap between uh brazil and everybody else crazy joe i know you get excited about the smaller countries though yeah when they have success. i want to i want to hear about the montenegros the san marinos <laughs> the vatican cities is there a vatican city bracelet yet <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately not. I mean, we that's the big one. The minute Come that on. uh, the minute that the Vatican City gets, I just don't think the internet's good enough there to uh, to sustain a, uh, a poker stars. Yeah, they are that. a little behind the times, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, when when San Marino won this week, that is that's the the smallest we've had Andorra. But as we've talked about before, they I think they come from Spain and, and France. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know if this is a, a, a legit San Marinan who won it, but uh, I honestly didn't even know there were San Marinans who played. But there we go. We had a uh, we had a San Marino winner. That was great. Have we had any countries win their first of this series in the last uh, kind of twenty four hours? Yeah, we did. So we had New Zealand. Uh, so, oh, sorry, the first this series. Yeah. So yesterday, actually, we had uh, Costa Rica. Well, you watched that one. Yeah. Uh, Elliot Peterman. He's British, but he's based in Costa Rica. Uh, Ireland won their first. Romania won their first. Uh, yeah, and then year of Romania. Guess, yeah. <laughs> Finally got on the board. Actually, it's, it's strange that they've taken so long because they're normally normally pretty good. And Moldova's having a pretty good uh, WQ. They've won two and they've kind of at least two runners-up spots too. So uh, those sort of like uh, Eastern European countries are a bit of a hotbed at the moment. So you said that Pads is tied at the top of the player of the series table with this Canadian player. At this point, do you think that's the biggest story of the series or is there something bigger that we've missed or something that we should kind of reflect on more? 
Well, I, I think that is the big story so far. I mean, it's, it's, it's not really that all that surprising about Brazil doing so well. Uh, and it's also not that surprising, to be honest, about Patrick Leonard doing well in the player of the series because he always does. But yeah. uh, the way that this uh, this this Camille Lance, Phil G guys come from absolutely nowhere to like be tied with him is, is a pretty big deal. And that's we already know this is going to be one of those real neck and neck races all the way. Uh, yeah. No sign of Zabazamaki, unfortunately, the guy that has won uh, last year and won the scoop player of the series. But you know, this guy Fonbet Rulit from Russia, I mentioned him quite a bit, but it, that, that player is always on these leaderboards as well. I still don't know anything about them, but uh, uh, they're pushing again. Constantin uh, Maslak's pushing again. A lot of familiar faces. And I just feel that like this one's going to be going to sort of run and run probably to the last the last weekend. Yeah, I just hope that we learn from our mistakes and that we just double check and verify all the points because <laughs> obviously there was that awkward situation with the scoop player of the series where it turned out Patrick Leonard wasn't actually in contention. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that, but I, I honestly think that uh, it seems to be automated in the back end somewhere. I don't know how it, how it works, but something went, something went bizarrely wrong there. And I don't think it's going to happen again, put it that way. Yeah, I, I'm actually really, really excited about this mystery Canadian and hopefully uh, yeah. they continue to crush because I, I think everybody loves a good mystery, right? Remember Isildur? Remember what a big thing that was? If there's if this, you know, if we could somehow keep this player on top, no offense to Pads, who I think is certainly uh, deserving and skilled enough and certainly a big enough name. But to have this sort of dark horse, I'm loving it. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. And it's like it's sustained as well. Like I said, I thought it was sort of going to going to dwindle, but, you know, and it, and it still might. But, you know, it looks as though this player is here to stay. And, and that that win certainly sort of like put an end to my doubts. Yeah. Um, the other question I was going to ask you, Howard, are you surprised that we've seen so many established pros win their third, fourth, fifth, in some cases, sixth WCOOP titles? I, I'm sort of like. I, I, I'm tempted to say yes, but then I shouldn't really be, be surprised because I've watched it all the time. You know, they, they yeah. do they do win in batches, you know, streaks come along. And there's quite a lot of players as well that actually haven't won this year that, that often do. Like Tobias Lechner, he, he always seems to like pop up. Uh, Crocodile, uh, Alexander Zychenko, Andrei Zychenko, sorry. He hasn't won any yet. So, we, you know, there's a lot of established pros that have won and there's a lot that haven't. So, you know, it's, uh, I guess... I guess on balance, I'm not surprised because I, I've reported on enough of these, and this is this is what tends to happen, and this is why these players are are the best in the world. You know, they they really uh, they they focus their year around sort of like W Coop and, and Scoop, and so you know they pay dividends that that work they do. Yeah, uh, we've mentioned already that we're building towards the main events at the conclusion of the series. As far as next week is concerned, and you'll be with us on the streams on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We've got a 10k PKO. I'm pleased that we're going to be running. A low event. We've got the $109 Sunday Million Special Edition that's cool. going to play to a winner on Tuesday. So that's going to be streamed. And of course, the Super Tuesday Special Edition um, should be a fun week. And I'm glad we get to talk to you again then, Howard. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll wrap it all up then. And closing out this week's episode of Poker in the Years, we welcome this week's super fan, Neil McLaughlin. Greetings. Hi guys, pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. Hey Neil, hey buddy. Are you any relation to Craig McLaughlin of Neighbours fame? I, I am not. I'm no relation, alas. I'll tell you what. Why don't you just tell us all the McLaughlins you are related to? Oh God, no, no, no. <laughs> and uh, but we'll do see if there's any crossover. Uh, but do tell us something about yourself, Neil. Give us, give us, give us your life story. Um, okay, so I'm currently a mature student. 
Um, I spent probably my 20s dicking around uh, working in hospitality, partying a little too much. So I decided to go back and uh, educate myself as, a, as an older gentleman. Um, so I'm currently just about finished. I've got one year left until I get my master's in mechanical engineering. Oh, cool. wow. That's so fucking cool. What What do you have? Des- oh, boy, this seems like a pun, but I didn't mean it. Uh, what do you have designs on making eventually? Um, I mean, really, whoever wants to pay me money to do anything at all, they can they can get my services. They can choose what I make at, the, at this point. I've now, <laughs> I've, now been, I've now been studying for so long that I've uh, I've lost my purity. I'm, I'm ready. I to plan on making money. Thank you for yeah, your question. That's right. <laughs> so the question is, Neil, did you discover poker during your hedonistic twenties, or did you discover it as a student? Uh, before, really, like uh, like a lot of your guests, probably the first time I discovered poker was late night Channel Four, yeah, um, poker shows, tournaments, high stakes poker, um, and and I enjoyed it. And I, I was never like uh, myself, some sort of big high stakes guy, obviously. Um, but I got into playing it with friends, playing it for free on Facebook apps, um, put some money into a poker site, lost all that money incredibly quickly. Um, and then after that, you know, I, I didn't just lose my money. I got such a razzing in the chat from the other people who told me that I had no uh, idea what I was doing. That I, you know, I, bought, I bought some books and I started studying. And yeah, so it's always just been a, a little side hustle for me since then. Never, never anything big, but always enough to give me a little bit extra pocket money, a new computer, or a, a holiday here and there. Nice. Jesus, Neil. I wish every person on the Internet I ever called stupid would go out of and buy a book and try to learn something. I don't even mean in poker. I just mean in general. Like imagine <laughs> if the whole world was like Neil was like, oh geez, I guess I need to educate myself. Like, <laughs> well, that's that's why you don't tap the tank, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Uh, have you ever played a W Coop event before? Um, I played one eleven dollar double W Coop last week. Cool. Um, it was it was a huge field. Uh, I felt like it was a deep run because at twenty two thousand, I made it down to about one thousand. Um, it wasn't it wasn't cool. a lucrative it wasn't a lucrative run. It was yeah. you know seven seven hours work for twenty dollars, but it was it was a good time. Well, we're going to give you the chance to win a one hundred nine dollar W Coop ticket in a quiz themed around the movie that you selected, Sin City from 2005, a film which I remember really, really enjoying at the cinema. I just love anything that's a bit different. I just thought visually it was so bold. Um, I I really love the fact that it felt like it brought a graphic novel to life on the screen. So uh, it was good to go back and see this one again. Good. I enjoyed it. So, Neil, I really like your chances here because I did not get a chance to rewatch or learn English. Uh, rewatch Sin City. Um, I I did. I have seen it a few times. Really, really love the movie. Was just kind of bummed I didn't even get a chance to rewatch it in the last week because uh, I probably will after this because I do like the ver- movie very much. And this movie kind of helped James and I bond uh, when we first met. Because I would do this bit about it. It sounds like you, I used to do this bit for Jim. It sounds like you're a cop. The name Hardigan. Give me a gun yeah. and your badge. Hardigan, give me a gun and your badge. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it is the cop from Sin City. And I was like, oh, shit, it really is. I had that the poster, the picture of Hardigan as my Twitter avatar for the longest possible time. Um, two quick questions, Neil. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the sequel? I haven't seen the sequel. Okay. Uh, 
I heard I heard such bad things about it. I was never big into the the graphic novels. I was not like really a comic book guy. Um, I saw the movie knowing nothing about it, and and from the opening scene, I was like, holy shit, this this is just yeah. so so striking to see. Um, but then I saw such bad reviews of the sequel that I didn't. Maybe maybe I will go. Controversially, I don't think it's I that did bad. too. I think, I, I wouldn't even bad. say not that bad. I think it's almost as good or even as good as the original. I, I really, really like far. the sequel. I wouldn't go that far. There's a, there is a drop-off, but it's still a decent film, and I do think, I would recommend watching it. It's not certainly not going to tarnish the original. And my second question is, do you prefer the theatrical release of the movie, or do you like the extended versions of the stories presented separately? I haven't seen that either. So if there's questions oh. around that, then I so it seems, seems like I've got a wealth of a wealth of viewing in my, my near future. Well, there you go. <laughs> Worst case scenario, you've got some viewing to do. But as Joe said, fancy your chances because uh, I imagine you're more up to speed on this film than he is. The usual format, 10 questions. Please give me a number between one and 10. I'm going to start always coming seven. Number seven. It's complete the quote. And it is a quote by Hartigan himself. Hell of a way. Uh, hell of a way to start my retirement. Hell of a way to end a friendship. I'm going to give you one point. I'm going to give you one point. The line is hell of a way to end a partnership. The fact ah. that you went for it without taking the options, fair enough, but you weren't 100% accurate, so you get one point there. Because if I'd given you the options, you would definitely, definitely have... Uh, have nailed it but uh, that's your mulligan Neil Joe okay. any number other than seven I never pick eight first let's do number eight please. okay number eight Frank Miller makes a cameo appearance in the movie playing what I'll take the choices a police officer a priest a mercenary or an assassin I'm gonna go with a mercenary no, he appears as a priest. Okay, you're up, Neil. I'm going to take number nine because a couple of weeks ago, Joe said it was his favorite number and I don't want him having that age. <laughs> who? I, I think they put the hard ones under nine just to screw me, so good luck. Who kills Jackie? Uh, Miho, deadly it little Miho. Miho for two points. Joe, you can't have your lucky number nine. I'll take... I've got nine surrounded. I'll take ten. How long is Hartigan in prison for? Ooh, it's a long time. It's a long time, but I'll have to take the choices. Is he in prison for five years, eight years, eleven years, or fourteen years? And think about Nancy. the character of Nancy. Think about right. how Nancy she ages. goes from like... To early from a little girl to her early 20s I want to say 17 years that wasn't even one of the options it was the 5, line, 8, the, 11 the, or 14 14 no it's 8 years um, but oh. I'm going to give you the bonus question because you clearly need to get some points here why does Hartigan finally confess to the crime he is accused of oh um so that his wife will stop waiting for him or stop writing to him or no it's because he sent a finger that he believes to be Nancy's oh wow okay not even close <laughs> okay uh, all of the back end has been done so you've basically got one through six available here Neil 
I'll start at the beginning with number one. The name of the actor who plays Gale, please. Rosario Dawson. For two points. Uh, the score is is five nil to Neil. Joe, two through six. Number two, please. How does the assassin kill the woman at the start of the film? With poison lipstick. Would you poison, like the option? Poison drink. So I'll take the option. Is it a lethal injection, a knife, a silenced pistol, strangulation? It's quiet. I know that. So it's either the poison or the Joe, pistol. Poison was not a fucking option. But the first thing was what? A what lethal injection. Option? Lethal injection is poison. Yeah, but you made it sound like drinking poison. The silenced pistol. It was a silenced pistol. You finally get on the board, and there is a bonus <laughs> question. Who hired the assassin to kill her? Um, Senator McCloskey. No, it's the twist in the story. The woman hired the killer herself. Herself. Three, four, five, or six, Neil? Three, please. How old is Nancy when we are first introduced to her? 11 years old. She is 11 years old for two points. Four, five, or six, Joe? Four. What's the name of the character played by Elijah Wood? I will know it when I hear it. I'll take the choices, please. Is it Kevin, Minute, Dwight, or Bob? I thought I would know when I heard it. Kevin. It is Kevin for one point. Okay, Neil, I'm going to force you to take question five because I think it's tougher than quest. Actually, they're both tough, but I'm going to put you. I'm going to put you under the uh, under I the can't grill win. right now. So it doesn't game. Name the four stories, and I'm not going to give you the options. Oh wow. Okay, the customer's always right. Correct. The big fat kill. Yep. The hard goodbye. Yep. That yellow bastard. Correct. He got all four. He gets two points. Nice work, Neil. And Joe, you are allowed to take the options. Not that it will make <laughs> any difference to the outcome of this game. What are the names of the two criminals Rourke Jr. hires? Uh, I'll take the choices. Grobel and Shrew. Schlub and Clump. Wart and Ruka. Jojo and Tibbs. Jojo and Tibbs. No, it was Schlub and Clump. So, a measly two points for Joe Stapleton. <laughs> Sorry. Nine points for Superfan Neil. That's a win. That's victory. That means you're going to get Coop, baby. a 109 WCOOP ticket and, of course, some PokerStars merch as well. Neil, thank you very much for coming on the show. Guys, uh, I'm a huge fan of your broadcast, big fan of the, of the podcast. It's a, a real pleasure to be on. Thank you very much. <laughs> cool, you, man. All right, my babies, we're just about out of time for this week's show. Coming up next week, it's more from the WCOOP streets, but also from the streets of the city of brotherly love, as I will be in Pennsylvania. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, Oh, I was just about to mention Discord again, Joe. And yeah. our superfan, Neil, has literally just posted 
Tony Flow is his Discord handle. Cheers again, <laughs> gents, for having me on as a super fan. Sadly, I'll, I'll now never be able to listen to this episode, so I avoid the excruciating experience Aww. of hearing myself recorded. Oh, Neil. Doesn't he know he's Scottish and he sounds like a like a beautiful sing-songy bird no matter what he says? Well, I'll tell you what, reply to him on Discord. Tell him that because we're there. We're there to converse. We're there to respond to your questions and comments. And of course, we'll make sure that much of that content makes it onto the show as well. Still taking your super fan applications, your suggestions for future content. Bear in mind that WCOOP is going to dominate the agenda for the next couple of weeks. But after that, after we've got through the release of the card counter, hey, we're always looking for new stuff to do on this show. So we will uh, be perusing those channels on Discord. That's right. And I'll be a lot more active on the Discord when all of this nonsense isn't going on, guys. But I appreciate everyone getting going in there without me. Unfortunately, that is all the time we've got for this week's show. Until next time, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Later.